Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from a particular moment in their life. Uh, on the show, you might know that we share uh, as much about what made playing that game special, uh, what our, we'll hear from our guests about what they loved about it and what sticks out to them, even to this day, as we will dive into the context of when they had this particular moment with it uh, in the first place. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that uh, we are all over social media. And I know the most exciting news you've heard all day. You can find us on Instagram at call me by your game pod on Twitter at call me by your game, but just one Y. So B Y O U R. And we're also on TikTok at uh, call me by your game pod, which I've posted one TikTok. So uh, I'm, I'm way behind on that. Uh, but there on our social media platforms, you can see uh, what episodes we have coming out every week. You can give us a follow to see, uh, to learn about more about our guests, what they have going on, and see the cool art that I make every episode. Um, you can also support the show a few different ways. One, by leaving us a rating and review wherever you get uh, your podcasts, whether it be Apple, Spotify, or somewhere else. Uh, and if you if you leave one that's anywhere that's not Apple, let me know because I'd love to read it on the show. I can only see the ones that go to the Apple podcast. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, your incentive. I'll read it on the show. You can also share this show with a friend whether they love video games in general or the game we're discussing for the main event today. Um, and then uh, lastly is that you can support us on Patreon uh, over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Uh, we have our own uh, video game podcast network, not just from call me by your game, but from the people at video games, a comedy show and reactivators and even scary basement. Uh, you get bonus shows uh, at whatever tier you subscribe to. Uh, we have uh, the $5 tier, which you get the bon bonus uh, Super NPCs episode every week on Thursdays. But if you're at the $10 DJ Toad tier, which is what most people subscribe to, uh, you not only get that show every week, you get our weekly uh, games club, which currently we're going through Super Mario 64. So that comes out every Friday. And then another bonus podcast on Tuesdays. Uh, and sometimes that's a show that I host every month, uh, the Call Me By Your Game co-op episode, where recently with a panel of friends, uh, I talked about Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Um, but yeah, again, that's at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. And if you like us, you like me and you want to support us in a, ta a tangible way uh, and get something for it, that's one place you can do that. There's links to everything we'll plug today in the show notes, so feel free to click down there. But uh, that'll do it for the housekeeping, and I'll finally introduce our guest for today, who I believe I just saw. Oh, is that a pop shove it on the way in? Josh Rothenberg, welcome to the mic. Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, and that was a pop shove it. That was a good skateboard notice. Good. I still have a good eye for what the tricks are, although I'd have to see it in slow mo to know whether it was uh, uh, like whether it'd be a heel flip or a kick flip, or that might be obvious to the naked eye. Mm -hmm. You're a skater. You know these things. I mean, typically there's no kickflips or heel flips in a pop shove it, but yes. you know, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I was then distinguishing another uh, trick. I promise I know what uh, uh, tricks are and, and that they're different. Uh, not all flips are the same. I think that's the message we want to get For out sure. to the listener today. Yeah. Some are hard, some are easier. Um, some I would never try because they're just too crazy. Yes. Um, well, Josh, uh, so glad to have you here today, uh, setting the stage for the game we're going to discuss. Um, you and I know each other, how I know the majority of our guests through the Los Angeles, uh, improv comedy community. And you're one of those people that I can't put my exact finger on when we would have met specifically, but I started to see you around more at a certain time. I want to say like 2017, 2018, and I don't know if it was because you were also doing indie shows or if like I would just see you at parties at Anna Salinas's old home, but you started just popping up in my uh, field of vision more often um, and just gradually got to be more friendly guys over time. But do you, is there some magic story I don't remember? Um, I always ask the guest, force I the guest to corroborate my stories. <laughs> Well, it was definitely, you know, I knew you from Busters. I think I'd seen, I'd seen Busters uh, a number of times at Mess oh, Hall. Oh, great. And then from TNT, you know, you were often hosting TNT. Yes, so that makes a lot of see, sense. I was always trying to get up at that with uh, whatever, whatever random indie team <laughs> I was on at the time. <laughs> That's great. Uh, I, in fact, I don't know if it was talking to, um, if it was talking to, 
David, but found out that you are another one of the many Sarasotans uh, that yeah. are just out here in the same friend group. But, you know, knowing you, uh, of course, uh, Jake, Anna, and then another a mutual friend I found out that we have uh, between each other, which is uh, we're more acquaintances, but you two are friends. Uh, Andrew, who I'm forgetting Andrew's last name right now, but is there an Andrew from Sarasota too? Andrew, why am I blanking on who Andrew? <laughs> no, no, is? it's okay. I also I might have might have his name wrong. Um, but he's Shane? someone. It's not no, not Shane. No. But I, I fun yeah. story. I did see uh, Krissa and Shane in Hawaii on their honeymoon. Wow, crazy! I go and sit down with my with my parents and my girlfriend to eat dinner. Like the first night we're there, I think, and like two tables over, I just look over and I see those two. Uh, and it was just like, I mean, not that crazy, but still like, then they it's, looked over and saw me. <laughs> it was really funny. It was pretty bizarre to see someone like halfway around the world. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I'm looking up, uh, this is always fun when I have to look up some, I'm, I'm like almost sure I'm getting this person's name wrong now. I know this person through, uh, through, uh, uh what's Charles last name? Let's <laughs> Charles Ingram. Uh, mm-hmm. do you have, do you know who Charles Ingram oh, is? Andrew, are you? thinking of uh andrew adams i that's no. what i'm thinking of that's okay. what i'm thinking of because is he like is his does he have adams in his instagram name yeah Something like wonder that. adams yes yeah, this is exa- andrew adams cool so he is not from sarasota no do you just know each other <laughs> so uh he he uh directed the kids show that i was on that's right and so we met through shane and then shane hooked us up and we made this kids show together oh no um, way I, I believe he's from Baltimore, Boar, Baltimore, Oregon, Incredible. or Baltimore, <laughs> Maryland. I, I'm really good at <laughs> geography. Baltimore, Oregon, actually. We're both really good at geography and figuring out who we're talking about. Uh, that's. Yeah. I didn't realize that you met through that. I mean, in fact, if you don't mind, would you share a little bit about the show that you've done? Yeah, for sure. So I got to host a kids show for uh, Peacock Kids called "Don't Forget Your Underwear," which was like. <laughs> The job of a lifetime. It was just me being goofy in different parts of the world. <laughs> we actually shot the first episode um, in 2020. Wow! And uh, we were we were in Brazil, and we were kind of like hearing some rumblings of coronavirus, and we were keeping an eye on it. And then all of a sudden, it was like the world is shut down. Yes, we need to go home now. Uh, oh my! So we had shot we had shot one episode in in Brazil, and then we had to just we were supposed to be there for seven weeks. We just had to like drop everything and fly home. And funny enough, the Backstreet Boys were on our flight home <laughs> because they had to cancel their world tour. So it was <laughs> us and the Backstreet Boys flying back to Los Angeles. Just being like, isn't this crazy, guys? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did get, yeah. I don't I know did, about you, but uh, I don't want it that way. <laughs> I forced a couple of them to take selfies with me at baggage claim because I was like, this is this is at least like the some kind of consolation prize yes. for not getting to what a time to, to take a selfie with a stranger, essentially, too, uh, where I could see someone reacting and being like, oh, I'm not getting close to anyone right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this was before anyone was wearing masks. Yes, of course. That took a, and a there little was bit. No social distancing. And, well, you know, we were just flying back on the plane. Nobody was wearing a mask. That's. So. absolutely bonkers uh I know. so did you you got to finish the show right eventually yeah, right yeah so uh it took a couple years and then in 2021 we uh went out and finished it we went to oregon we went to northern california we went to washington and we shot a lot of really fun episodes one of the like the kind of conceit of the show is i have this fictional grandpa <laughs> who was like a great explorer and uh, he kept a journal. And I'm kind of like a timid guy, kind of shy, kind of scared of stuff. And I'm following in his footsteps, trying to like become more outgoing. That's <laughs> so, yeah. That's amazing. I mean, when I saw you post like the preview, I think the trailer for the show, I was just like watching you in that. I was like, oh my gosh, this is like the most perfect thing for you. Like, in, in truly barely, most more like even surface level, just like, you know, floating around you for years and personality wise, like you have such like a, a youthful joy to you and you're always down to like goof, I feel like. So seeing you in that context was just like, I don't know, it seems like an amazing fit. So congratulations. 
Oh, thanks. Yeah. Wow. That was, that was nice. Um, hey, it's, tr- it's true, my bud. Um, so yeah, yeah it I just do seemed love really a goof. cool. I do love a goof. So. <laughs> yes, I nailed Loves it. Loves a goof. <laughs> um, um, I'm glad that yeah. that came out because Charles and I, uh, and not just us, but a whole uh, production of people filmed something in uh, January of 2020 that never came out. And uh, so I'm really happy to hear that one of our 2020 projects uh, surfaced at some point. Yeah, no, I was so thankful that because I mean, they could have easily just been like, well, that show didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. just, But uh, I guess the deal was done. So we had to do eight episodes, which I'm very grateful we got to do. That's really uh, cool. Are they all out at this time? Yeah, they're all on uh, Peacock Kids YouTube channel. Um, you can so check cool. them out. It's uh, it's a blast. Even it's great for kids. But, you know, the adults that I know all love it. Yeah. My, my mom, my dad, they all love it. So. <laughs> my biggest fans. Um, that's awesome. So, I mean, yeah. So, listener, whether or not you have kids, uh, check out the show. I'll put a link to the YouTube channel uh, in the show notes. Um, Josh, outside of uh, that, and what, what's the title of the show again? It's called Don't Forget Your Underwear. Don't Forget Your Underwear. Incredible. Uh and outside of that and what we've gotten to share about you so far, is there anything else you want to share about yourself with the listener? Um, yeah, let's see. Like plug wise or just like stuff hey, about could me? Be, could be biography, <laughs> could be plug wise. Hit us with it all if you want. Um, well, just the first thing I'm th- I thought of is uh, plug wise is check out my TikTok. I'm trying to reach a thousand followers so I, can, so I can stream on there if I want to, whether oh. it be chess or video games. I didn't realize you had uh, to have a threshold to stream. Yeah, mm. yeah. So um, I'm Skate Uncle on TikTok. Dude, I'm going to go follow you with the Call Me By Your Game TikTok right now. Oh, uh, skate Uncle, right? Yeah, all one word. Incredible. And uh, yeah, so I... Um, I make skateboard videos on there or just like silly, goofy videos on there. Um, I also do uh, some chess stuff on there. I'm, I'm big into the That's game of right. chess. <laughs> yeah, I learned to play as a kid and uh, it kind of took over. I was like really into scholastic chess and like I was winning tournaments and I was like at one point I was the best second grader in the state of Florida. Oh my gosh. <laughs> started entering adult tournaments immediately got destroyed by all these <laughs> and i was like i give up uh and i quit chess for a long time but now i'm back into it because uh it's a really fun and in the pandemic it was just like a great way to kill some time totally online and uh, that's brushing up on all the openings dude i love that we to share a little bit about myself is that for some reason in the i went to a different school starting in third grade uh for some like honors program but each of the third fourth fifth and sixth grade honors teachers all had like a specialty that they would like go, they would like rotate around to the different grades and like teach that. And the fifth grade teacher there, uh, shout out to Mr. Courtney. He was like a chess teacher too. So he would teach you. So you started learning chess at like third grade in this school. And I liked it so much. I wasn't very good, but I liked it. I liked playing it. I think I liked the pieces and moving on the board. Um, that my parents went on like a vacation one time and when they came back they brought me like a a handmade like wooden chess set which I still have um so anyway I just chess is great this is my moral of the story (laughs) definitely uh I actually got to be that guy I would teach chess after school uh out here um a lot of improv people work for this company I won't say what it's called (laughs) <laughs> but uh it's called parker anderson um steven sanow got me into oh. it and a bunch of like improv people have worked for this company um teaching uh after school stuff i i taught chess i also know hannah shapiro through that oh no way <laughs> yeah and uh yeah so i taught chess for a couple of years out here after school and then you know, I wasn't trying to get back into it um, after the pandemic because it's just too. Kids are just generally sick. Yes, I think about how sick I was. I was sick like every two months. That checks these out. These kids are just like petri dishes. Blowing their, no- blowing their noses on the bishops and stuff. I can't have <laughs> Not the bishop, <laughs> the rook maybe, but the bishop. Uh, the bishop alone. Sorry, it doesn't doesn't. I promise it doesn't represent my views on how I feel about any of the chess pieces and their hierarchy. Um. That's so, that's really cool. Um, I feel like I cut you off there uh, from sharing. Oh, um, 
No, not really. It was it was a fun part time job for a while, um, teaching kids, and uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Well, Josh, feel free to pepper in any details about yourself in as we go throughout the show. But thank you for sharing a little bit and brushing us up on and catching us up on who you are. But before we get into your general history with video games, will you please uh, let us know what you brought on for the main event today and call me by your game. So today I'm talking about Tony Hawk's Underground. Uh, at long last. Um, strangely, it's not the first game that I've covered on this podcast, or I think our like fourth co-op episode, which are like the panel ones for our Patreon that we ever did, was on the 1 plus 2 remake that they did. Um, so, But other than that, no one has brought on a Tony Hawk game. It's often in like someone, because usually when I'm, you know, peek behind the curtain for the listener... Sometimes when I'm talking to a guest about coming on, like I think we had a similar interaction where you offered up a few options uh, for us to play. And usually I'll like steer someone towards something or be like, hey, actually none of these have been done. Do what you like. Um, And often like a Tony Hawk gets thrown out, but I'm just excited to have you on to hear about one. And this one is like uh, some consider the best. Um, But we'll get into that uh, after the break. Let's hear about your general history with video games. Uh, do you remember like when you first took an interest in them at all? Yeah, so I think I, the first games I would play, I remember I got a Game Boy in probably 1996 or something, yeah. or five, and I was playing Mario World 2. Oh, That was yes. the game I had. Dude. And that was such a fun game. Six golden coins. Yeah, right. You got to go beat all the bosses yes. before you can get to the castle and fight Wario. Yes. And it was tough. And uh, I remember like having to hand the Game Boy to my sister. Please help me with this (laughs) level. I can't. I love that. Uh, Dude, that game, not to immediately, like I'm not going to, I won't bring up something about every game you talk about, but like that game rules. I had that as a kid too. And I also don't know if I ever beat it, but I did like three years ago. Uh, finally beat that game because I have the cart again, and it's on. You don't you don't happen to have a Switch, do you? No, I don't. Well, if you ever get one, it's on Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, for the for the Game Boy package. But anyway, uh, awesome. So you're playing Game Boy. Yeah, so I was playing that. I was playing Tetris and and Pac Man, and I was also into Ken Griffey Jr.'s like something Slam Grand Slam or something for the Game Boy. Oh my Game goodness. Boy Color. The, <laughs> and uh, it was so fun. I mean, I would uh, I would play those games. I would just kill batteries. Like I'd go through <laughs> two batteries every few days. <laughs> yeah. Did you have like the old chunky gray Game Boy? Did you get a pocket? I think the first one I had was my sister's big one. And then I did get a pocket. And then I think I got a color as well. Dude, that's the it's the the way the way to glory. Uh, I never, I never had a pocket, but I did have a cool color. Um, did you ever get into the Pokemon games on Game Boy? I couldn't get into the games for some reason. I was into the cards and I would like Ooh. trade cards and stuff. But for some reason, the games, I would watch kids play them and I was like, is there something I'm missing? <laughs> like <laughs> These, these Pokemon are going to battle and the stronger one's probably going to win. Yeah. And I just don't. I, I felt like I wasn't doing enough because, you know, like in Mario, coming from Mario World, you're running around, you're yes. doing everything. I felt like I wasn't, you know, contributing enough. That's <laughs> so funny. Uh, so I, I, d- does that mean that you haven't played a lot of like RPGs or like turn-based battle games in your life? Yes, I have not played a lot of You know those. what? Pokemon is often people's entryway into, like it was my entryway into liking that genre. Now I love that genre, but for some people it's just like it doesn't fit and vibe with them uh yeah and i think we found one of them right here (laughs) i i mean i think it probably comes from from starting with chess where it's like i need to be like trying to win and trying to conquer or beat something like yes there's too much story where i can't just i don't know i get a little lost in the sauce but (laughs) yes there's i do i have i'll have a bonus recommendation for you of just a genre in general, this uh, won't count as one of your three recommendations at the end of the game or the end of the episode. But uh, I would recommend, if you are curious, someday trying out a like a tactical RPG. Um, mm. Like I'm playing the uh, Fire Emblem game right now, which essentially you do move spaces on a board like chess. 
Um, but different like units have different specialties or advantages and some are like sword beats axe, axe beats spear, spear beats sword sort of weapon triangle. And, uh, that's, that could be something that vibes with you, but, uh, you feel free to completely ignore that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I'm, uh, I'm open to it. I'm, I'm like getting back into games i'm actually playing the last of us oh nice so that i can watch the show yes first time (laughs) Um, yeah this is my first time playing cool um uh just to go to go back to my history i kind of like got out of video games for a for a while um until i was in middle school i went to a friend's house and they had a ps2 and i was like playing grand theft auto 3 (laughs) and tony hawk four and i was like this is so much fun i've been missing out i've been totally missing out and at that point i was like uh begging my mom for a ps2 got super into grand theft auto and tony hawk games hell yeah and uh you know later got into halo and that was like a fun bonding game i feel like for me and a lot of my high school friends where we would could just gather at one's house and all try to murder each other yes and, you know <laughs> dude i i make a night of it some similar memories of playing like there's like one sleepover. there's truly one birthday sleepover i brought up so many times on this podcast where it all like i was introduced to it and this group of friends who already were all so into it and i sucked but i couldn't have had more fun i just loved it um as far yeah. as grand theft auto strangely that's a series i've like never even put a disc in a system for but do you have any of those that you look back fondly on? Yeah, I, th- I look back fondly on on all of them. I think uh, Vice City and San Andreas were like really fun and really formative, and I spent the most time playing. Cool. I think three is really dark, and yeah. I think about the time where I discovered that in sixth grade. I'm like, this was probably a little too early for me to be <laughs> riding a tank all over New York yeah. City, <laughs> yes. blowing up everybody in sight. Yeah. I'm like, I think it came out in 2001 as well, strangely. Yeah. Uh, very coincidence and, there. And uh, I mean, now I still play five and, you know, it's like a good, it's a good time. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so uh, maybe is there anything like immediately after this like sort of PS2, Xbox generation? Did you continue gaming at that point? I, I kind of stopped for a long time. I, I would play games nostalgically like Halo 2. Yes. And I would play Mario Kart for the 64 with mm. friends. Um, but I kind of like didn't allow myself to get into a lot of the newer systems, you know? Totally. Um, I was just reluctant to like try new stuff. I was like, I know what I like. I don't want to like start over and suck at a game. <laughs> Absolutely. Or like, you know, especially since it wasn't like a primary hobby of yours, like take a risk on a new game that you're unsure if you're going to like and then have blown 50, 60 bucks on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes But a- now I, w- I will play Mario Kart now, like on my uh, nephew's Switch. Oh, sweet. So fun. So fun. It, an absolute blast. Uh, that Yeah. It's a game that keeps on giving. Um, so from, from that point on, was it like, did you ever come back to gaming in a way, uh, like, or, or is it like present day when you started playing games again a little bit? Yeah, I think, um, I was out of it for a long time, um, after high school and and college and 2020 really like helped me get back into games. I remember I borrowed a PS2 from John Orner. Oh, King. I love John. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, played a bunch of games. I played, uh, I did play through Underground during yes. the pandemic. And uh, played, I think, some, so I played through San Andreas again. Ooh. Um, just like revisiting the old classics. Um, and, you know, a few others. But um, it was fun to like have time to just like, get really back into video games in the in the pandemic era totally i i you know you you talk about nostalgic gaming and for years that was like the only way i i really played games was like replaying my old favorites uh like there was just like a I often refer to for people like me who have a problem and have been playing video games consistently like their whole lives there i refer to the dark period as a time where you take like significant time off or you're just not into it and so long story short is i used to do the same thing uh and still will like as much as i'm sort of a 
you know, I try to keep up with some stuff that's like modern and coming out like uh, presently. I will still find time every year to like replay some old faves. Uh, it's just so comforting. Like that, it is, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's fun to go back to. Yeah, all those like old loading screens, you're like, oh man, I used to be, I, I remember getting so excited, like yes. coming home from school, turning this on. And, Dude, the, uh, like the, a logo that shouts EA Sports <laughs> at me should not feel so like heartwarming, but it is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, it's like a time portal in a way. Right? Yes. Um, so I got a couple questions for you as we, uh, as we like sort of wrap up this part of the podcast, which is when you look back on your time with gaming, do you, is the PS2 your all time favorite console or is there another one you'd be like, that's the one I'm most nostalgic for? Hmm. I, I think the PS2 was the one that I had and like, you know, would spend a lot of hours like playing by myself. But when I think back to like the most fun I had was probably on the original Xbox. Oh, like cool. Playing with friends from high school and like at one point doing like a LAN party where you hook up four Xboxes uh. and you have 16 kids in somebody's house just like all trying to, all on the same map, all trying to kill each other, playing Slayer. <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, it was it was really great, you know. Um, and now I, I have uh, the original Xbox, and yes. will often force my girlfriend to play Halo too. <laughs> <laughs> do you? Are you doing like co op uh, campaign when you do that, or? Uh, we have done some of that, but it's more fun to just try to kill each other. That's great. <laughs> I need to get this out of my system. Uh, I love I love those games, the, specifically those early Halos too. They're they were so much fun. Um, mm-hmm. And the last question I have for you is, has there been a, a game uh, in like the last few years that's like surprised you or like that uh, you've had a really good time with that you wanted to bring up today? And it could even be like a mobile game or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I have a I have a couple of those that I've gotten really Ooh. into. Um, so I got really into a game for the uh, for the iPhone called uh, Really Bad Chess, <laughs> <laughs> which is a game that's designed by this guy named Zach Gage. I know his name because it pops up every time you open the game. Amazing. <laughs> and uh, so he made this game called Really Bad Chess, and the the game is pretty much. Um, you're given some random pieces, like instead of having a normal chess setup, it's different every time where you might have three rooks, four bishops, two queens. And as you go through the levels of the game, you have really strong pieces and your opponent, which is an AI, has really weak pieces. But as you continue and progress through the levels, the balance swaps. Where now, you know, by the time you get really far you have like all pawns and a bishop and a knight and your opponent this ai has mostly queens oh and so you're my. trying to beat this ai with nothing basically but i dedicated a lot of time to this <laughs> and i am the number one really bad chess player in the world no way we have a I'm champion high- in our midst i'm the highest rated yeah Wow. Oh my gosh. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. You're like, I reclaimed a new chess title. Finally, that time has come. Chess chess itself is too hard. So I settled for really bad chess. And uh, yeah, so that is one that I got really into. I also got into another game by that guy for that's about pool called uh, Pocket Run Pool. That's like Ooh. a really fun pool game for a mobile device with like exploding pockets and kind of like weird obstacles. It's uh, it's pretty fun. That's so much fun. Uh, I'm gonna have to check both these out. Uh, really bad chess and uh, what, what was A the pocket? Pool? It was pocket run pool. Pocket run pool. That's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. Well, Josh, thanks for sharing uh, about you know your history with games uh, today. This was it was really fun to hear from you. Um, and I should have known there'd be some chess stuff in there. Uh, but we're gonna go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back. We'll get into all things uh, Tony Hawk's Underground, so I'll see you on the other side. All right. They took our lights down low, and shadows hiding from the world. We'll be coming out when it gets cold. The seas part when they hit the floor. Voices carry on and out the door. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game. Of course, here with Josh Rothenberg to talk about Tony Hawk's Underground. Josh, welcome back. Thanks. Good to be here. Um, like I told you before the show, uh, before we get into your personal history and anything you want to share about your time with this game, uh, we're going to set the table for the listener and explain to them uh, what this is. So uh, I'm going to just start reading uh, from what I have written here, but if you want to interject at any time, please do. Okay. Um, so I'll just kick it off for us right here. Tony Hawk's Underground is a 2003 skateboarding video game and the fifth entry in the Tony Hawk series following Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 4. Um, it was developed by Neversoft uh, and published by Activision in 2003 for the GameCube, PlayStation 2, and Xbox, and the Game Boy Advance. Uh, I have not played that version of it. Have you ever touched the Game Boy Advance version? Never, um, never. I can't speak for this one, but I did get Game Boy, or Game Boy Advance. I got Tony Hawk 2 for the Game Boy Advance, like, because it was a, a launch title, I think. And that game actually rips. It's sick. It shouldn't work because it's at like a fixed sort of like isometric angle following the character around like from above. But dude, that game like just wanted to shout it out really quick. It's pretty good. Yeah. No, I, I uh, never had a Game Boy Advance, but uh, I, yeah, I've really never played any mobile skate games or uh, um, maybe I maybe like for um I remember Sega, you would have that uh, bike messenger game where you're like delivering newspapers. Paperboy. Oh, Paperboy. Yes, yes. <laughs> but otherwise, no like skateboard games. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, wanted to shout out the yeah. GBA version, even though it's not of this game. Um, uh, in 2004, this game also came out for Windows uh, in Australia and New Zealand as a budget release. Don't know what that means. Uh, un- Underground, uh, Tony Hawk's Underground or Thug is built upon the skateboarding formula of previous Tony Hawk games. Uh, The player explores levels and completes goals while performing tricks. This game features a new focus on customization, the player. Instead of selecting uh, a professional skater uh, for the career slash story mode, you would create a custom character. Uh, And also, I do want to just add some context that I'm really familiar with the series from the first game all the way up through this one. I... Don't think I've played one after this. And one, so at Tony Hawk 3, the formula always was, this is for the listener mostly, was that when you would start a level, you'd have two minutes to complete whatever goals you could, and then the time would expire, and then you would basically play those levels until you could get as many of the, uh, check off as many of the goals as you'd like. In Tony Hawk Pro Skater 4, that was the first time you could sort of walk around an area, or skate around an area, and... Uh, complete goals by talking to different people and then in this game uh, you could even get off your board uh, and walk around and and it was also story-based the levels you were going to a story was building Um, that's probably self-explanatory but I wanted to include it Um, and yeah that the board dismounting was a huge part of this game Uh, the plot follows the player character and their friend at the time Eric Sparrow as the two become professionals and grow apart. Uh, The game was developed with a theme of individuality, which was manifested in the extensive character customization options, the presence of a narrative, and the product's characterization as an adventure game. Uh, Real-world professional skateboarders contributed their experiences to the plot, uh, and there are several that you encounter in the game. Uh, Upon release... The game was a major critical and commercial success with reviewers praising its wide appeal, soundtrack, customization, multiplayer, and storyline. Uh, the graphics and controls uh, for driving vehicles and walking were less received, which you could drive some vehicles in this game. Uh, Underground's PlayStation 2 version sold 2.11 million copies in the U.S. by 2007, uh, and a sequel, Tony Hawk's Underground 2, followed in 2004 um that's just some basic table setting uh for the game there's like a million songs million unlockable characters it's there's so much in this game um but josh as far as just like bullet points that are important to know about the game before we get into it is there anything that you think we should include that we haven't yet um not not really i think you covered a lot of it i i loved this game because of those things of like you start it really takes you through the 
maybe lifespan of an aspiring skateboarder. Yes. You start <laughs> off in like the middle of nowhere, New Jersey, and you have a, a crappy old board that's like held together with duct tape. And, you know, you have to like impress Chad Muska at a demo. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like gives you his board and he's like, call me. But you really have to like go through the ranks and uh, like visit different cities, enter contests where, like you said, in previous games it was like collect the combo letters yeah in one combo you know try to get two hundred and fifty thousand points and in this it was just uh it felt more like a cohesive story that i was really invested in as, yes uh, as an 11 year old yeah continue to be <laughs> um i i could relate to that too playing this game when it came out and i, I don't want to step on your toes because if, if this is getting into anything of your stuff i'll just briefly say that i think there was probably a huge appeal because by this point uh i mean skating was big but like it got huge even bigger because of tony hawk and these games specifically that like really broadened out the appeal made it so widespread to where kids like you know, we're probably this was like a fantasy of of kids is like becoming a pro skater uh, of, and especially kids like me who had no business doing that, who were just like the most had like one skateboard their whole life. But every like four years would go out and decide they wanted to try to learn how to kickflip again. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think there's probably a lot to that. Um, no, definitely. I uh, I remember, you know, I started skateboarding. And I think 2000, I got an X game skateboard Dude, hell yeah. uh, for Christmas and just like wore the tail out so much by trying to learn to Ollie in the driveway till I literally did have duct tape on the, <laughs> on the board, just like this character. Um, and you know, then I, I upgraded to a, a zero skateboard and learned to kick flip and learned a bunch of tricks. And when I started playing this game, it just made, um, you know, certain tricks feel so much more attainable. You can, it came with videos. You would like unlock videos yes. of like pro skateboarders. And this was like pre YouTube. So getting your eyes on like some fresh skateboard footage was like a huge deal, you know? Yeah. Um, maybe for some kids, the only way you would see that. Definitely. I mean, it was like whatever VHSs or DVDs you had and, or that your friends had. So when you got some new videos, it was like definitely a big deal. Absolutely. Uh, and there's so many of them on the, in this game. Um, well, so, so getting it since we're already, you know, getting into it a little bit, how did you come about to play this game? Was this one that you like, had you played some of the series before and then wanted this game as it came out? I'm curious. So I, I had played four before. Um, Sweet. That was like one of the first games I had. And, you know, so fun. You're like going all over, doing all these crazy challenges. Um, but the first time I played this game, I was with a friend and I don't think either of us like could afford it or had it because that was back when games were like 60 bucks when yeah. they came out, you know. Um, and so I remember I think we got it from Blockbuster for Ooh. like a weekend and we're in sixth grade and we like stayed up all night playing this game. Um, of course we had like a really goofy custom character who's just like wearing underwear, <laughs> <laughs> which is like so fun to see them in the cutscene. Yes. <laughs> just like having a really serious conversation with the team manager, just like straight up undies. Yes. <laughs> uh, this tying back to, uh, don't forget your underwear, uh, right. for you that's, or tying forward, I guess that's, uh, that's so much fun. And we're already getting some like really, amazing context from it this it feels like so because these games were coming out yearly at this point i think almost literally every year from one through underground two that so that maybe that was like 98 98 or 99 through 2004 every year so this is kind of a perfect uh this game actually more than the others is probably a better game to own but like these games serve really well as rentals because you can kind of play through the whole thing. The story mode probably took more time, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we got through most of it in, in a couple nights. Um, but, and they, uh, one thing that they do have that's cool is, you know, different difficulties of like easy, oh, yeah. normal. And now when I play, I, only play on sick mode <laughs> because <laughs> it is it is really tough beating some of those levels on sick mode um when i played through it in the pandemic i was just like 
how is this even possible? I had to look up like a YouTube tutorial yes. of like how to get through this level. Um, wow. Russia specifically gave me some trouble. Oh yes. The, the <laughs> Moscow level. Um, right. That's a, that's so much fun. Um, I mean, speaking, you've, you've also got us into a little bit of what you enjoyed about the game too, but yeah, I mean, walk me through like what was appealing to you about this one and, and what still sticks out to you that, to this day. Yeah. Um, I would say like it, it has that, um, you know, it's every skater's dream to like get sponsored and like get on a team (laughs) and suddenly you're just like riding around in a van or taking trips across the world with like Jeff Rowley or like your favorite (laughs) skateboarder who like you like idolize, but who is just kind of like a drunken maniac who's really good at skateboarding. Yeah. But this game kind of takes you through that where it's like you are just on the road with these crazy uh, pros. You get to choose which, which kind of team you want to be on. And then your best friend, Eric, is also on your team. And, uh, you know, as you kind of got into, Eric later screws you over. Yes. And photoshops his face onto your face on your, like, big clip doing a crazy trick over a helicopter. Which Eric like, may want to look into, <laughs> like, video editing as a career because that's impressive. It's impressive. I mean. It's one thing to do on that. an image, but on a moving video. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that part of it where it was just, like, so true to what I imagined uh, being part of a skate team would be like. Um, and I think it, it just, like, fulfilled that fantasy of, like, this uh, this looks awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, especially, you know, uh, very, a very, very small percentage of people will ever, uh, you know, have the chance to, you know, be a professional skater and live out this fantasy. And it kind of reminds me of, like, when like the I don't I don't play these games but like the NBA 2K has like a my player mode and I know that the Madden games have that too where you get to live out that exact fantasy of putting yourself in your favorite sport succeeding like really making it and it now in hindsight is probably like oh yeah an obvious choice for a game but like at the time was just like amazing to see because four games before this but that was not the case at all no no you it was very very much like you're running all over the place you're doing these missions uh you're trying to um collect the letters you're trying to um you know games didn't have that i think like personalized feel yeah totally uh like don't get me wrong i still like to go back to the old ones and like just because you can play through a couple of these several of these in a day easy uh uh, but it is fun to have like a more meaty experience like this. Um, uh, so when it comes to like the game itself, do you remember and, – and I'll ask you this just because I know you've played it more recently than some people when they come on the show – is uh, do you have like a favorite moment in the game or a favorite like uh, aspect of it? Let's see. Um, the first thing that comes to mind uh, was – it's one of the early levels you go to Tampa to compete in the Tampa pro and the Tampa amateur. Um, and you go to this skate park called skate park of Tampa, which I had been to a few times No way. already when I had played this game. Um, it was actually, uh, yeah, I would go there with my friend Tyler, uh, and you know, we'd skate around the park. We weren't like very good or anything. Yeah. I couldn't do a lot of tricks on these big ramps, but it was fun to just like be here and, uh, Still to this day, they have like a pretty amazing um, Tampa Pro every year, which like streams on YouTube, and I'll, I'll keep up with it because like it's one of the hottest contests like on the skateboard circuit. Um, That's amazing. So just, and like, it still to, is. Yeah, and so wow. to have been there and then be like, hey, I know that, I know that little bowl right there. Yes. Um, actually, a weird thing that happened to me when I was there. Um, they had like Chad a Muska pool. was there. I'm kidding. Uh, sorry. Please continue. <laughs> no, no, not that cool. But uh, they had a little pool slash bowl in the back, and it was my first time like carving around Ooh. on this bowl. And uh, one of these old dudes uh, was like, "Hey, man, you got a lot of style. Come out to the van with me. I want to show you." So I was like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> but I was like, "I'm gonna go." So me and Tyler, we go out to the van, and he like hands me like a really cool 
old school style skateboard oh, wow. and he's like you're on team dinosaur now <laughs> and he <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, thanks, man. And I'm like 11 years old. I'm like, I guess I'm sponsored. I never saw this man again in my life. But. That is so funny. Oh my gosh. You, but you could still say to this day that you were on team dinosaur and you got, you sort of lived out a fraction of the fantasy of this game. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> after I left, I was like, man, I really should have gotten a phone number. Yeah. This person was just a ghost and just disappeared. Uh, was it like one of those old like pencil sort of skateboards, like that old school? So those those were, I think, kind of hot at the time, like the popsicle board, very yeah. skinny boards were fashionable in the early 2000s. But this was like a fat kind of... Oh, a uh, chunker. Oh, yeah, like a chunker, kind of... <laughs> the technical term. <laughs> it was probably 10 inches wide, you know... Huge, way bigger than my foot, Um, you know, and just like massively long, almost like a longboard. And these things are pretty fashionable now because everyone's like into retro stuff. Yeah. So so I wish I still had this board. I think my dad uh, threw it away when he moved a few years ago. Oh, no. (laughs) Not your team uh, dinosaur board. (laughs) The dinosaur guys are going to be so pissed. Uh, That's absolutely... Uh, amazing. You, you started to get us into some like contextual stuff about, you know, when you would have been playing this game sort of. So uh, can you walk, like do a little scene painting for me on like where you played this game, whether it was in your house or your, or a friend's and what the like room was like? Yeah. So, so I, when I owned this game, I would have been probably, I think I probably got it in, it came out in 2003. I would have just finished eighth grade going into start high school wow and so my bedroom was was probably (laughs) a mess (laughs) a total mess (laughs) clothes everywhere um i remember i had a jean bedspread it was like denim (laughs) it was like denim (laughs) i think it wasn't real denim but it was like made to look like a pair of jeans that's probably more comfortable that's great (laughs) Yeah, so there was that. Um, my dog Simon would have been chilling. Oh, on the Simon! Bed. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know, just a total mess. Probably some skateboard posters, broken skateboards on the wall. Probably a Weezer poster. Nice. Chili Peppers poster. Um, definitely the posters that came with the game. So you know, yeah. you you had some Grand Theft Auto posters up on the wall. Um, <laughs> Vice City, you know. Dude, that rules. Uh, and so you you had a little TV in your room as well? Yeah, yeah. So I had a, a little TV probably, um, you know, like a foot and a half across yeah. and a little VHS player. Ooh. Had the PS2, which doubled as a DVD player. Dude, you had a so. full entertainment system there. Was the, <laughs> I was living the high life. <laughs> was the VHS player separate from the TV or was it one of those that was built in? Um, I think this was a separate one. Okay, yeah. cool. Just curious. Um, yeah. I had one like I had one growing up that was attached and that was my first it was like my parents' old TV, like you know, tube TV, maybe, maybe like uh, it's about the size of one. I have one in here now too that I still play old stuff on. Um uh, because they it just old games look better on an old CRT. But Growing up, when I got my that TV for the first time, first TV in my room, it had a VHS player. So I started to wear out movies. And I remember the first movie I ever watched in my room uh, was The Lost World Jurassic Park, uh, the second wow. Jurassic Park movie, which is like just okay. Uh, but it was <laughs> so cool to me to be able to do. Um, also in this era, because we're, we're very close in age, um, I would have been uh, in seventh grade – at this time. And so that's exactly what I want to got this. Um, but dude, thank you for scene painting a little bit for me. That's, <laughs> that's so rad. Um, definitely. No, it was a big deal to like have a TV in your room. Yeah. It was like, I can watch Austin powers anytime. <laughs> I, <want. laughs> I can watch whatever crazy roast is on comedy central. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did you, do you have a actual like a TV hooked up to it? Like cable and stuff? Um, I think we just had, yeah, basic cable, um, that's, no, no, like premium channels or yeah, anything. That's but, yeah, still you had, like, cool though. Central and stuff. I think yeah, that no, it's really part cool. of the deal for me was like you can have a TV in your room, but we're not hooking up any TV to it. Uh, and I didn't have like an antenna or anything. Um, 
But that's that's so much fun. Um, Where did you grow up again? I'm from uh, the Central Valley up north. It's called Modesto. Right. Um, so still about five hours from here, so not too far. Um, so California, just like way different from where we we live now. Um, uh, there's like more stuff. I there's so much I could ask you about. Um, but I guess what I'll sort of get into a little bit is like, is there anything about like you know whether it's the game itself or the context of when you played Tony Hawk's Underground that uh, you haven't gotten to share today? Um. Yeah. Let's see. I know. It was such a, I mean, a lot of these games were uh, games I would play uh, with friends and stuff. I remember we, one crazy thing was we, we tricked my friend Nate into thinking that one of the gaps in this game was named after our friend Alex. <laughs> so I had a Russian friend named Vlad who went by Alex. Mm. And there's a gap in the game called Alex's Ice Tea. And... Uh, <laughs> Just jokingly one day, Nate and I were playing this game, and I was like, oh, Alex's Ice Tea, you know that's named after our friend Alex, right? He's like, what? No, it's not. And I was like, no, yeah, we were at Skate Park of Tampa, and we met Tony Hawk, and you know how? (laughs) (laughs) And it sounds like such an obvious lie. Yes. But our friend Alex really did like to drink iced tea. (laughs) And so- Wow. So- Tony Tony saw us like drinking iced tea and like we made small talk with him and he was like no I'm gonna put your uh, names in the g- I'm gonna name a gap after you Alex and so I like Nate was like no there's there's no way this happened I'm gonna confirm with Alex so I like secretly texted Alex to be like you have a gap named after you in yes. Tony Hawk Underground and he was like wow I guess this is a true story that um, is so funny as if Tony Hawk would like <laughs> A have anything to do with the development of the game because uh, I don't believe he really did uh, and B would be like I'm going to put you in this game <laughs> Is although that now, now we're talking about the ultimate fantasy is you got a Tony Hawk game aspect named after you uh, yeah I it just seemed like a stupid lie, but it just kept going where I was like, I might actually be able to get away with it. Did he ever find out it wasn't true? Yeah, we told him like years later. How did, like, was he, how'd it go? I think he was pretty pissed. He was just like, <laughs> <laughs> you got, why would you make that up? Like, That's... Um, we were always pranking each other. I feel like this was like, you know in the heydays of pranking people you can't really prank people anymore it's bullying <laughs> oh yeah pr- that's so funny yeah it <laughs> has like to- this was back where like if we went out to applebee's and you went to the bathroom like people were gonna put something disgusting in your burger <laughs> yes you were all like it was just fair game and especially at that like age like junior high early high school like people kids can't help themselves at all uh yeah, I remember yeah, no, was, yeah. like to make it about me again, but I, this is a different time. I was in third grade. I don't remember this kid's name, but I went to some kid's birthday party and we were at this place in Modesto called the Velvet Grill and Creamery, which was uh, really close to the church we went to. And for whatever reason, his birthday was just at this diner. Uh, and I remember he like, I don't know if he stood up on the seat of like like one of the booths at the this diner but someone had a hot dog that they didn't eat and i i just put the hot dog like on the on the uh booth that he was standing on like right below his legs and made a joke like oh look his wiener fell off and every of course all the kids loved it but his mom got really i remember his mom getting really mad at me and i got in tr- like i was just in trouble or whatever. So that's the greatest prank I ever pulled was uh, saying a kid's so wiener funny. fell off. I mean, come on. How the mom should be able to respect a very funny goof when she hears one. You know what? You if, know? if you're listening out there, kids, mom, uh, I expect an apology. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's uh, so fun. Thank you for letting me interject with that uh, uh, unnecessary story. But um Josh, before we head out and I and we do some post-show uh, uh, segments that I have prepared for you, would you do me a favor and just wrap up uh, or put a bow on whatever your uh, experience with this game was? Yeah, I mean, it was one of the most influential games 
that I ever played. I, I stuck with it and played Tony Hawk Underground 2, Ooh. where you're basically like, in that one, you're kidnapped by Bam Margera, and there's a whole... It's <laughs> a lot of Viva La Bam, like, uh, whatever those shows stuff in that. Definitely. It's just, like, mayhem, that game. that really, like, went off the rails in a fun way. Um, but this one, I mean, it was just, like, such a big deal to be able to, like, open up these uh, new videos from, like, Rodney Mullen mm. and Andrew oh. Reynolds and stuff. Um, just, like... You know, because we didn't have any access to skateboard videos except for like these videos that you could open up for. Um, but aside from that, um, I would say it was just like a really good time to uh, to be a kid who was like into skateboarding. You could go try a trick in your driveway and then like come back and like watch how the Dude, watch yes. how the guy does it in the game and be like, oh, he kind of like flicks his foot that way. And, you know, it definitely inspired you to, like, try more crazy stuff. And, you know, it also made me want to, like, film stuff with my friends. We were filming, like, little stupid skateboard videos. Oh, no way. You know, in a big way got me into, like, filmmaking and editing and, you know, wanting to make skateboard videos. Yeah. You know, skateboard videos themselves are just a great way to get into new music and Mm -hmm. um, see different... uh, you know different parts of the world and uh you know i'm very grateful to skateboarding into these games for like you know opening my mind to what uh you know what's possible in the world i love that uh and and thank you for sort of summarizing just what it meant to you uh and i'm realizing it's like a whole iceberg of more stuff we probably could have talked about um but even just like music and the influence of music in this series uh and in these games yeah like just like permeated into our at least my life in a way that I never would yeah. have expected. Um, Definitely. And the, speaking of that, the uh, intro song of the game is this song by Jurassic Five, a hip hop group, and it's called uh, "A Day at the Races." And yeah. it's one of my favorite songs too. And it got me into Jurassic Five. Amazing group that Dude. I feel like is so underrated and not on people's radar. But yeah. Shout out to Jurassic Five. They're they're awesome. A killer. Uh, well, Josh, thank you so much for sharing about your experience with uh, Tony Hawk's Underground and, and what it meant to you. Um, before we go, we'll do our final two segments that I have prepared for you. The first of which is the Fact Me by Your Game segment. And that's just where I share fun facts about the game uh, that our guest brought on with them. The first of which uh, I have titled Pre-Made Creative Skaters. Now, of course, the create a skater mode is like the highlight of this game where you create your skater to go through the campaign. Um, but uh, in that mode, by inputting uh, inputting certain names uh, in, in the name field, you could actually populate your skater with a character that was based on the developer. And there's like a – I don't even – I watched a video earlier. There must be over – there's like 30 of these developers that are just in the game. Um, and the models are like way more detailed than most of the models. They look really well designed and good. Um, and, uh, and it, this game, you know, in the Tony Hawk games, it becomes a thing where more and more, uh, secret skaters can be unlocked. And in this one, you can unlock just like generic people you meet in the game. Did you know this about the game? No, I know you could like unlock Gene Simmons or like these weird extra characters, but beyond that i don't know yeah there's like uh there there's several including one custom character you can unlock is a rocker named sheena who is likely a reference to the ramones song sheena is a punk rocker um uh anyway there's a, there's just so many characters you can unlock and the pre-made ones are it's fun to like watch someone just type in a name and it populates um that's the well, first fact we're gonna go say something sorry no, no. I just love the Ramones. Yeah, love that song. <laughs> I'll have to send you... In fact, I'll look up the video that I'm referencing my facts from today. I, I should have done that earlier. Uh, the video is called uh, 50 Things You Might Not Know About Tony Hawk's Underground. And this is from Matt J 155 um, on YouTube. Uh, but and then the second fact, also pulled from that video, is there's an alternate ending to this game. Did you know this? I had no well, idea. Well, to be fair, it's more of like an alternate ending to the same scene. Uh, but the game includes an alternate ending in the main story mode. Uh, on your first playthrough at the end of the game, 
you'll retrieve your stolen Hawaii jump tape from Eric Sparrow after doing one last ride around your New Jersey neighborhood. Um, but uh, and there's there's a cutscene that plays before you do that challenge, and then one that plays after when you get it back. Um, but if you play the game through a second time, I don't know if it has to be with the same character or if they're if it's just this, on the same save file. Um, but after he challenges you to this final ride, uh, the character will instead knock out Eric. Uh, he like falls like cold onto his car, take the tape and just walk away. And you don't even have to do the final challenge. So it's sort of an alternate ending, but pretty much the same result. What? That last challenge is hard. That would have been good. Yes. <laughs> so I think it maybe, you know, it's like a, a bit of a nod to, hey, uh, you've done this before. Here's a reward is you don't have to do it again. Yeah, that's Maybe. cool. That's how it would really play out. It wouldn't be like, hey, we're going to like play skate and whoever wins. <laughs> no, it'd be like, I'm going to punch you and take yes. my tape back. <laughs> yeah, a uh, bit of a dose of reality. Um, yeah. Well, that'll do it for the Fact New by Your Game segment. And I'll lead us into our final one of the show, the game recommendations. Uh, now, Josh, this is my one forced tie-in to the movie, Call Me By Your Name, where I am going to treat Tony Hawk's Underground like your passionate summer romantic fling in Italy um, that you're eventually not going to stay with. So these other recommendations are going to be potential flings for you to just get back out there, start dating again, you know, and, but they're not going to be too far out of whack. They're all going to have something in common with this game because I find a little familiarity goes a long way. So I have three for you today. Mm -hmm. The first of which, and the one I came up with right before the show, which you gave me a few minutes to do, uh, is if you want another story game, where you can soak in the scenery and walk around and sort of explore an area that you might know from real life, I'll recommend L.A. Noir, which sort of ties into a couple of your interests. I'm realizing just having heard you on the show now, uh, being a fan of Grand Theft Auto, this is done by Rockstar. Um, and also you were sharing the story about how you would go to the, the Tampa Skate Park and you had been there in real life. And in L.A. Noir, it's kind of cool because you're in like a, I don't know if it's like the like 1940s, Los Angeles and you go downtown and be in certain areas and, uh, you know, us being LA kids now, uh, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, that sounds cool. I've never heard of this game. It's, it is pretty cool. And it was like a little ahead of its time. Uh, I think it's from like 2013, but it's available on a few platforms. Um, so that's LA Noir. The second recommendation is if you want another extreme sports game, but with a broadened scope, like how this one broadens out from the typical format, I'll recommend SSX on tour. Have you ever played any of the SSX games, the snowboarding games? I don't think so. Oh, Josh, especially since you have like a PS2 and an Xbox, highly recommend getting SSX Tricky um, and then maybe even SSX on tour, which is the follow up, which it's sort of like, like in this game, how you can walk around areas like you're taking the ski lift up to the mountain. You're not just dropping in a level. Uh, but dude, wow. two all time like fun extreme sports games they'd have it i mean you're on a board it's not the same but no i gotta check it out i think if if i did play one i think they might have had a demo built into one of the tony hawk games that checks where out. you know yeah it was super fun uh, um the other thing that i just remembered yeah. is on this game the demo game was a travis pastrana game where you're like riding motocross Ooh. around this track. And it was pretty hard to beat this uh, this little demo game, but it was pretty fun. Wow. So that's a little side, little side note to this game. Oh, that's so funny. Um, and the last recommendation I have for you is if your main takeaway from this game is that you, you hate the protagonist, Eric Sparrow, and all you care about in a game is that your main antagonist is Sparrow-like, and by that, I mean a bird. I'll recommend the game Angry Birds, which you can probably just get a million versions of it on your phone. Angry Birds. I've played a little bit. I never did a did a deep dive into it, but I, it's I pretty played, fun. I played one of them like right after it really hit its peak. And it was it was fun. It's a really fun game to play on your phone. Um, yeah. Anything where you're, you know, shooting rocks at birds. I yeah. think that's what it is. You're <laughs> trying to that, knock them all I over. I think so, too. Or actually, I'm realizing now... <laughs> This makes the recommendation funny. 
you're shooting birds at pigs. That's what it is. That's uh, what it is, right. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not changing the recommendation for that. Um, uh, that's how I view the game. Uh, anyway, your recommendations, again, to wrap up are L.A. Noir, SSX on tour, and Angry Birds, not changing that rec. Josh, that'll bring us to the end of the segment and actually the end of the show. So before we go uh, and plug whatever we'd like, thanks again for taking the time to hang out with me and do this, dude. This was so fun to hear from you. For sure, yeah. This was a blast talking about old video games that I are near and dear to my heart. Uh, well, thanks again for doing it. On our way out, I know you've plugged some stuff already in the show, but feel free to plug them again uh, so that listeners can hear it one more time. Yeah, check me out on TikTok at SkateUncle, all one word. Hell yeah. And uh, I'm on Instagram at Rosh Jothenberg. It's uh, <laughs> R-O-S-H-J-O-T-H-E-N-B-E-R-G. Gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll put a link. So I think you were just going to continue. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, and check out, don't forget your underwear on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll be sure to put a link to all of that, including your socials, uh, in the show notes as well. So people can just click a link and, uh, we're going to get you up to a thousand followers, my friend. Yes. Uh, can't wait to stream on yeah. TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be responsible for it, but it'll be a community effort. Um, thank you so much again. I'll just go ahead and close this out. With some plugs of my own, the show art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and his other great work on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y. Uh, you should check out uh, the show from our producer and editor, Jeremy Schmidt. It's called Video Games, a Comedy Show, also available wherever you get your podcasts and a part of our Patreon network as well. Uh, you can follow me on social media at Connor underscore McCabe. Uh, if you like watching people play video games, you can follow me uh, and watch me stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69, where uh, I just finished playing through the first Half-Life for the first time. I'm playing Super Mario 64 uh, uh, DS, and I just started a playthrough of, of Paper sorry, of Super Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo. And so it's been a lot of fun. So follow me there. Uh, and lastly, again, check out our Patreon. If you had fun listening to me uh, today uh, and you like me as a host, you're going to love a big portion of what you find over there. Again, patreon.com slash super NPC radio. It's our video game podcast network where um, you know, we've got a bunch of free stuff uh, for people like this show, but we also have a ton of bonus stuff if you just want more. Um, and uh, again, we're going through our Super Mario 64 Games Club that you get every Friday at the $10 DJ Toad tier. And also um, the co-op episodes, which I named. Uh, we just released our Kirby in the Forgotten Land episode last week. By the time you're listening to this and coming for the month of March, we will have the original Half-Life. Uh, but that'll do it. Uh, for this episode of Call Me By Your Game, we will see you on the next one. <laughs>